You make beautiful sounds. <laughs> I really try. I fall in love more and more every day. <laughs> <laughs> How are the babies? How are the fur babies? Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Come up here. I love how he's such a cuddle What's bug. Your... Oh my god! Isn't that funny? He's like the mo <laughs> like when big dogs think that they're lap dogs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He the thing is, like to some degree, he kind of knows he's not a lap dog. Yeah, but he doesn't realize how big he is. <laughs> like his butt will hit something, and he looks back like, "What? What was that?" <laughs> but my mom. She said that she uploaded a picture of him to her next door app mm -hmm. to like make people think she had like a big scary dog. <laughs> and only thing that happened were she got a few comments from people saying how pretty he was. <laughs> he is pretty. So kind of backfired. <laughs> He's real pretty. You are pretty. In very Maria fashion, I'm like, I'll do my notes ahead of time. I didn't do my notes ahead of time. I like put the put my thoughts I together like today, but even then, notes. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna keep. I have some points that I want to get across. Um, I don't want yeah. this to feel yeah, too same. like regiment, like uh, what is that word? Not regimented, regimented, no. rigid, yeah. strict. I don't know. Yeah, um, I like how well, I, I titled it more... a review, and then it's literally just like mm. <laughs> episode titles and <laughs> one sentence summary. I tried with the first one, the Eldritch dark and i'm like <laughs> i mean okay so my notes i was kind of writing notes on like not just season four but the whole show okay cool because there was stuff that like because we had both talked about like oh we'll have to like rewatch things and i tried to rewatch it all the way from the beginning yikes and i was like all right let me i'm gonna write down notes just to like if i want to call back to something mm -hmm. Like, I can. Yeah. Two episodes in, and I had too much. I had to stop. And I said, nope, Laura. I think you remember enough. Um, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. I mean, a ton I happens. Just season four. Yeah, yeah. A ton happens. Mm -hmm. um, a lot in just, you know, part four, let alone the entire series. But anyways, y'all, yeah. uh, welcome to... <laughs> we, like, jumped right into it. We jumped kind of the gun. <laughs> welcome to our <laughs> review of... Chaos, otherwise known as Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Please do not um, continue listening to this episode if you do not want any spoilers. Spoiler alert ahead. Be wise. Don't at us because you listen and we spoiled it for you. Like, I think you should know that we're going to talk about things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just skip this and come back to it until you actually watch... Um, uh, chaos uh, all the way through to part four but right. um, as like Laura said so we'll touch on like overall chaos um, chilling adventures of Sabrina as a series as well as like the last more into depth about like the last season and and what we thought of that um, and this aired on Netflix on December 31st I thought it would have been so perfect if they did it for winter solstice but whatever let's just wait 10 more days yeah, and I have thoughts on that, too. I feel like they did a teaser to influencers on Winter Solstice, which and I'm like, what the fuck? They did. They did. Yeah. Um, 
Which was interesting. I mean, I get it. Building up the hype, but I thought it would have been perfect to make it available for everybody on December yeah. 21st. That would have been cool. Great way to have spent um, Yule. It was still in the right. Yule season, but... Mm. Yeah. I want to get quick notes on just like overall like three sentences, your overall feelings about how this series in total, how you felt about it. I am so mixed on it. Yeah. A lot of people are. I... Oh, it's hard to put it into like it started off. Make a haiku. I'd like a haiku of your feelings on it and go. (laughs) Poems? Are you kidding me? Flunked that. Um, (laughs) The show started off really strong for me. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Progressively got worse for me. And the way it ended, I just felt like, huh? Like I didn't hate it. Yeah. But I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. And just, shrug emoji shrug emoji <laughs> See, and i think part of it is because i i have a really hard time watching things and not dissecting and analyzing it mm-hmm. Virgo, i can't help it i mean fuck this weekend i binged bridgerton and i did the same thing with that show too oh really I'm sitting there looking like well that's not right this isn't right mama 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 I mean, it's a good show. And I had to just keep telling myself, Laura, this is for entertainment, not for accuracy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, for me, a lot of people feel the same way. I think I would agree. Um, it's still a very fun watch. Um, but yeah. with everything that it promised to be in the beginning, it started losing, I think, its um, singularity as a show. Like the texture, yeah. the the vernacular of just the set, obviously, absolutely incredible. Great performances, um, I think, especially from like the more adult uh, actors, if we want to get like really mm-hmm. film critique But uh, for me, as far as um, how witchcraft was symbolized also, and we spoke about this, um, we mentioned this kind of before, like the feminist symbols and ideologies that it presented was really really promising in the beginning and then it kind of started to crumble in the end is particularly in this last season which i, I felt am sure a lot of things crumbled in yeah the end. <laughs> um i did hear rumors um in the uh uh in the broom mill if you will uh that apparently they filmed this with the intention of a part five and then they heard that they were canceled during post-production and had to go back and try to wrap things up in loose ends, which I think explains why some things feel like was establishing certain things to build up for a next season. Or I thought, knowing that this was the last season, I'm like, okay, they're introducing this. And I'm sure that they're going to expand on this arc for this character. And then it never came to anything. Mm-hmm. See, I heard a little bit differently. I heard that they had no, they didn't know about a season five yet. Mm-hmm. There weren't any like concrete plans for a season five. So they were just kind of going along with things. But that the way they ended it, it being Sabrina, there was still a chance for a season five. Yeah. And I forget who it was they interviewed, but they basically said just because she's, spoiler, dead, <laughs> um, doesn't she mean... Did. I mean, this girl was the queen of hell. hell. Both of them, by the way. We got two dead Sabrinas. Right. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, 
I gotta be, I th- they think my issue with, with it was it was its kind of own unique thing in the beginning. And then it just became Riverdale. Yeah. You in know, a lot of ways. And I'm not a fan of that. Mm. Honestly, I can't I mean, say that I've seen a lot of Riverdale, but from what I hear from people, it's fucking bananas. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's not just Riverdale. It's the CW. Every show from the CW is this like teenage angsty over the top that I I'm just not a fan of. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I feel like the show kind of turned into, even with like the musical scenes. Oh, where all of a sudden people are singing. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? Oh, my God. Oh, the fucking I Battle can- of the Bands. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Somebody had a lapse. Someone had a a brain fart. You had these like punk kids that don't perform punk and they're zombies. No. And, and then you have to close the show. Sabrina doesn't even <laughs> perform with the Fright Club. She performs with her um, Academy peeps. And it's the most and- like anticlimactic song because Sweet Child of Mine yes. is like, yeah, it's a classic, but it's not like a, you know, whoa, finale. <laughs> Well, and she's not a bad singer. No, she's not. But that was not a good choice for her. That did nothing for her. Yeah. To like showcase her voice. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was interesting. Now, gosh, I do love, I do want to talk about, um, obviously, if you've seen chaos from the beginning and seeing it to its end you see this overall arc about just the um the coven right that it starts Mm -hmm. off so male dominated so patriarchal and it really does i think they did a very good job that it shifts that the women fully have the complete power by the end of it Mm -hmm. which was one promise that they delivered on for like the feminism um and i thought that was I thought that was good. I think that was a successful part of it. I really loved how they started worshiping um, Hecate and all of that. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you wanted to get into kind of the Hecate thing. I mean, kind of. But for me, that it kind of goes into a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Like season three was my least favorite because I get what they tried to do with bringing the pagans in. But it also just felt very like. That was. Are you just like a placeholder name for something? Di- like what? What do you mean, pagan? And then you're calling in Hecate. Like, are- but that's not pagan. Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a- awkward, a little weird for me. I liked that they called on someone like her, though. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not going to stick with the strict, like, I mean, it seemed so so strictly you know good and evil heaven versus hell and then they kind of brought in um you know hecate obviously i just i do kind of wish they answered like well, where is she what is she from mm-hmm. why would we worship her and why do we talk about these other beings as like the old gods i and do think that different? in season three it was like hecate was calling to zelda and she was having yeah. those visions and the representations of, um, you know, the. The moon. N- not just the moon. Was it the moon? Um, the maiden. I'm trying to remember. 
Mother and Crone. Mother and Crone. I was like, I can't remember the second one. I was like, the maiden, <laughs> the middle-aged woman, question mark, and the crown. <laughs> <laughs> the midlife crisis woman and the crown. Mother. Can you imagine? Nurturing. Like, what would like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of like a millennial spin on maiden, mother, and crone. It would be like something like. Um, I'd have to think on it because that's. The other thing, it's like, I've always loved the idea of that, but then I, you know, obviously try to get a little bit more metaphorical with it sure. just because it's like, well, not everyone, like, I don't like the idea of maiden virginal. I don't like the idea of like mother because not everyone's going to be a mother. And mm-hmm. then crown, well, you know, that's the only one I'm kind of okay with. I think. Yeah. And I think. You reach that. Or yeah. Because I feel crown, like there crown. has to be like a new, I, I understand it's like the, the three phases of life um and the beginning the end the cycles um wisdom right and also very Mm -hmm. like almost like the fool's journey but in three people in a little tiny nutshell yeah um but i agree like the maiden like the connotation of maiden is very like vestigial of like you know she's gotta be pure and shit and Again, like you said, not everyone's going to be a mother. And I don't think a lot of people like to be called a crone. <laughs> right. I think I might be okay with it when I get to that point. Maybe, yeah. My grandkids can call me old lady crone. Yeah. Instead of grandma. <laughs> but I feel like it's... <laughs> Crony. I feel like it's more like the three stages of your life where you're you're very innocent and then you grow and you become nurturing, nurturing, not just to others, but to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you become, you come into your wisdom. Yeah. Who you are. Yes. And what you do with your life. Um, I guess those other words just wrap it in a little bow. But like, as far as the femininity goes, there was one thing that I really didn't like mm-hmm. at the very ends. And I feel like it's not just a feminine thing is it the mom thing about mambo marie no yeah yes okay yes that she's in love with a fucking woman and then oops just kidding yeah no i'm a dude i didn't like that at all no i thought that was so fucked up and i know that's a trope like it's a thing in movies where it's like you have a gay couple whether you know gay lesbian trans whatever and something happens to one of them and they're lo- it's tragic and they're no longer together. Like it happens in everything. Mm-hmm. And this kind of felt like that. They weren't together anymore. And oh, surprise. I have a dick. <laughs> Which sometimes that's not a bad surprise. But you have to let the person know. And then that was, I also, it was just like so troublesome with, I just fucking loved that queer arc for Zelda. Yes. That she has been failed so much. by so many men. And so she is kind of like the embodiment of the matriarchy that has come to rule the witches. And yeah. to have her be queer just gave her more of like a credibility and like a power. Not that like hetero people are not credible, but it was just like, no. why spin that on us last minute? And uh, it yeah. just didn't make sense with just Mambo Marie's character also like relating to um oh my gosh why am I spacing on Tati Gabrielle's character Prudence, Prudence. the queen Prudence and mm-hmm. then um 
This is what happens when I record right after I do a workout. I just space on words. <laughs> when the new weird okay. sisters. Oh, um, yeah. Um, Roz. Roz. And- yes. So it was like Roz, Mama Marie, and Prudence. They became the new weird sisters, and they were like the seers for a little while, for like a minute. And then I'm like, well, then they're not weird sisters. They're weird siblings, and let's just, you know, also like, I don't know, not surprise Roz is a witch and she's not going to struggle with becoming a witch she's like surprised and then we're not going to revisit that at all right it's no struggle that kind of pissed me off when she like talks to Harvey about it and he's in like very quickly is like well okay I was like really I'm sorry okay and then Harvey be- why does every woman I fall in love with have to be a witch I started off liking Harvey for like a few episodes in the beginning. And then afterwards, I was like, I don't know that I like you. I think I should like you, but I don't. And I don't care if they're a cute couple. Harvey and Roz getting together was really fucked up. It really was. And then they made Roz. This whole thing takes (laughs) it's like a year. A whole year goes by. They break up. And what, like several months later, a couple months later, they're a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, man, um, the first few seasons did a much better job of giving Sabrina's friends, i.e. her psychic sidekicks, um, Mm. more of like, I don't know, just more character. They were so like barely supportive. They might as well have been props in this season, which I felt was so interesting. Uh, I know it's like it's all about really Sabrina, but. It's so. like, yeah, it was very, it was very interesting how, and maybe they were trying to show kind of the detachment that Sabrina was feeling at the beginning of the season, but then that was mm-hmm. pretty much wrapped up after, what, the first couple episodes she felt like she was back with her pals again, but yeah. still they didn't really, all these arcs that they had built for each of the characters, Harvey, Roz, Theo, um, Theo's beau, even what an adorable guy, Robin, he, the perfect boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he was such. They were so cute. They were absolutely adorable, and I'm glad that they still kept that representation for the queer yeah. community. Like, thank you very much, because and that was such a um, like I don't know, a very layered relationship. So you have Theo, who's non-binary, or I guess no. I believe he he just he, was, he came out he as a came he. out as a he that's right I'm Theo I'm Theo but right because they I, called him he they, yeah his pronouns were he him um, I really thought when that happened so this is my misstep when when Theo came out mm-hmm. uh, my mind was blown because for some reason I thought they already were out oh mm-hmm. I I picked up on hints but not correctly <laughs> you know so I was like wait. Mm-hmm. Theo's, Theo's, oh, fuck, I messed up. Yeah, I already felt like Theo was either non-binary. I mean, I guess it was one of those things where once he came out, it wasn't like a huge surprise. Right. I mean, it's not at all. I was like, oh, it's still. Yeah, it's it's like one of those stories where, you know, it's like everyone knows. And they just have to come out in their own time. It is definitely Mm -hmm. one of those stories. Um, But I really, really. 
I remember being very excited when I saw that in the first season. Yeah. That was really, really great. And oh, and hit- the dad's acceptance. Oh, my God. Of- I cried. Yeah. I legit cried. Really sweet. And can we talk about <laughs> ancestral magic? Him being close yeah. to his ancestor that really kind of helped Dorothea. him. Dorothea. I know. And be- took Dorothea and became Theo. Like I know. It was beautiful. So cute. So, so beautiful. I think that was Theo's like shining moments was mm-hmm. his story and his in his arc. And then it kind of like, all right, we have that wrapped up and that's all. Theo's happy. Theo's happy. Done. We're going to, you know, introduce a little bit of conflict about um, Robin the Hobgoblin. Ha- <laughs> that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Robin the Hobgoblin. Um, <laughs> having to go back to the Fae world. Right. Great shout out to the Fae. Um, not didn't dive it too deep into it, but yeah, you know that whole little conflict was kind of just the extent of Theo's it story. It felt very thrown in there. It really did, and it was kind of. And then he ended up coming back, and I'm, I'm like, what's the point of what was the point of that? Yeah, that's. I mean. That's kind of how I felt about season one to some degree. Like I liked it, but then it was like, okay, this is all about Sabrina, Sabrina not wanting to sign her name in the book. And then she ultimately signs her name in the book. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, so she signed her name in the book. (laughs) 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 Everything in between was just like a child throwing a tantrum. It felt like, Mm -hmm. but that's also just very Sabrina. And you also have to keep in mind that all of these seasons, the time that lapses from Episode one to the last episode has been only a little over a year. Yeah. Can you imagine that that is year 16 for you? But see, that's a good point, though, because every, like her, but mainly like her non-witchy friends in an entire year, all of that goes on. None of them seem even the least bit traumatized by anything. Oh, yeah. No, they're like fully accepted. <laughs> The monsters and fighting the <laughs> monsters. No one is having much problem with it other than when they, like, discovered Sabrina was a witch. Like, p- past that, they're like, okay, hunky-dory, magic, cool. Monsters, cool. Oh, we're cool. going to hell. Okay, I oh, went to hell this Oh, the end year. of existence, the void, cool. <laughs> like, they're, ce- they're celebrating Sabrina's, um, uh, it was her 17th birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah, and everyone she was disappearing. She was disappearing, and they're like, well, the void might come at any point. We're just going to have a party still. (laughs) They're like us with COVID. Like, we're not canceling Halloween. I don't care what you say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty on par, which I think of all things in season four, my biggest disappointment was the Eldritch Terrors. Because although I know H.P. Lovecraft himself is mm-hmm. a very problematic human being, mm. the stories and worlds that he's created, I'm obsessed with. So influential. So much. Trash human, oh influential God, writer. Like, exactly. And the stories that it's inspired. I mean, anything that's considered Lovecraftian is just, yeah. I will always watch it. So when they mentioned, when they teased that at the end of season three, I was stoked for four because I'm like, mm-hmm. How are they going to make this beyond terrifying? Every fucking thing that showed up, I was like, that's not scary. 
that's not terrifying that's not i was really like as someone who's a fan of that kind of sure yeah that genre let's go through each then maybe like this is where we'll go through what each of the terrors was so chapter 29 aka episode one of part four is the first mm-hmm. of the eldritch terrors the eldritch dark and we got these <laughs> spectral miners so scary guys <laughs> It is, like, eerie looking. I'll give it that. But I kind of chuckled. I kind of chuckled with their Darth Vader-like powers of, the like, the the yeah. Sith Lord choke thing. Yes. And I got not Lovecraftian at all. For me, I know it's based on, a, a like, a, some sort of, like, lo- it's mentioned in some sort of Lovecraft whatever story as the Eldritch Dark. Um, and it... Yeah, it's like, it kind of came from the void, whatever. Anywho, so this is the first one. And it's like these spectral miners go around town. Welcome to Greendale, the sign. When it goes out, they're like stealing the light, you know? Yeah. They're, and it's not just literal darkness, but it's also like they bring about this like depression and pit of despair. And it took two Sabrinas to defeat this like barely you know they were able to come out of that because it was just so uh i think for that that one was maybe the scariest one for me i think if it hadn't been minors if it had been something it yeah it was scary when they were like where the source of the darkness was like in the mining caves Mm -hmm. like that was like the scariest part to me and then i kind of chuckled again when they're like they held this big like glow glass globe and it's just full of this like tar (laughs) we got it here's the darkness and that's so okay anyone who doesn't know lovecraft or anything like that um the idea is that these are things that are so terrifying that viewing it would cause someone to go mad Mm -hmm. like it's beyond terrifying it's beyond anything you can imagine so that was my level of hope yeah and we got minors yeah for our first one i do know that in reading kind of about um how the eldritch dark came from lovecraft uh lore that he didn't really go too into depth apparently so they kind of had room for creative license with the eldritch dark but um, a little lackluster. I mean, it was the first one and they kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, defeated it, moving on. Um, and these Eldritch Terror, so there's eight of them and there's eight episodes. So this season was very like episodic. I feel like when you like right. Law and Order, dun dun, like our next case. <laughs> yeah. You know, which also just kind of felt like we're dealing with the eight terrors. These are supposed to be a big deal. They bring about the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of like, so we can wrap it up in one episode. Yeah. That I, I wish it had been more than that. but Right. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's the first one. And then we also see the cult that Father Blackwood is starting, the Pilgrims of the Night Church. And they get uh, Miss mm-hmm. Wardwell in, who was previously possessed by Lilith. Right. So which we, she she's we got kind Michelle of perfect the, for her to get into that. Yeah. We got the Queen Michelle because, Gomez uh working double time in this season. I mean she always kinda has, but 
even more so because Wardwell is actually like lucid and then we have separately Michelle Gomez as Lilith in hell. So love right. her. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with her. I just finished watching The Flight Attendant. She's in it. Oh, it's so good. She's really good. But I was going to say it was kind of perfect to have her join that new little cult because you have someone who is dealing with a little bit of madness. She was remembering a little bit of what happened. She couldn't really make sense of it. And she felt like she was losing her mind to enter this cult. And I I liked that. It was a nice little nod to, I don't know, the genre. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this next one, the the second Eldritch Terror is probably like the most disgusting. Like they did a good job at disgusting me. <laughs> this was hard to watch. Um, and it was the uninvited. Now this terror is like represented by this pretty much a homeless man that looks disgusting is care you know pushing around the cart like a stereotypical homeless man smells like trash apparently and he goes door to door asking for help and your life mm-hmm. depends on whether you help him or not which feels right. oh so biblical to me <laughs> yeah truly um but yeah and this is like where Roz's cunning comes into play because he the the uninvited first the, the the episode opens with him stopping by like we these non characters and this mom says no like you can't come in I have my kid in here and then he rips out her heart. Next stop would be Harvey's garage. I don't know why it wouldn't be his house, but apparently his garage. And then Roz mm-hmm. just like instinctively knows that they need to let him in and you know make him feel at home and feed him and whatnot. And they live to mm-hmm. see another day because of that. Um, other stuff that happens is uh, um, Aunt Hilda's wedding. Yes. But I love her and, I, and Dr. Cerberus. I they're know. so cute. I know. They're adorable. They're so, so adorable. I mean, Aunt Hilda's always like, oh, she's just cute as a button. I want to mm-hmm. wake up to Aunt Hilda bringing me like blueberry muffins to, to bed every day and just being like, Hello, love. It's time to get up, and <laughs> you have to get up and do shit. <laughs> and maybe I. But she also, if it comes down to it, she can say exactly what needs to be said. Yes. Very stern. Yes. And firm, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Always such a great. I think her and Aunt Zelda, the dynamic, just how different they are. Very, very balancing. Yeah. It's really, really great. We're very happy. They're like my Gemini Moon. Oh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. That's exactly it. But yeah, and then we have... Uh, okay, so at this point, like, Sab- uh, Sabrina... So the way that they distinguish the two Sabrinas is they have Sabrina Spellman, who's on Earth, and then Sabrina mm-hmm. Morningstar is in Hell, mm-hmm. and... Despite Ambrose warning the Sabrinas not to hang out because it'll cause cataclysmic bullshit, <laughs> pretty much they keep meeting up. And this is one of the episodes where they, she, uh, Spellman goes down to hell to attend Morningstar's her wedding to right. What's his face, Mister Shirtless Caliban, which Caliban. I still don't understand what the fuck that was. Yeah, okay, 
Can, like, can I just say, interesting how this whole thing about Sabrina questioning her choice to be the one that's in on Earth because Morningstar in Hell seems to be like living it up, partying up in Hell. She's the literal queen of Hell. She falls in love with Caliban, who apparently ends up to be like a semi-decent guy who actually genuinely loves her back. Kind of, but he still wants. He's still to, like, selfish, but take over. Yeah, he still yeah. wants to have power, but he still like actually cares about Sabrina. And yeah, and then they do a double wedding where Sabrina marries the uninvited, and she has to kiss him, which was really hard to watch. Yeah. And my heart broke for the uninvited. So, oh my god, me too. I <laughs> I was like, this is fucked up. I literally almost cried because he starts telling a story about how in the creation of the world, the universe, like there was this like fire and people were like hanging out around it and he was attracted to the fire and because he was all gross, like he was kicked out and basically like he's this you know, outcast. Like a, a yeah. permanent outcast, and he just wants to feel like he belongs and is loved. And I just, oh my god, I, I'm such a bleeding heart. I, I literally, I, my heart <laughs> broke for him. It was, it was really sad. And I mean, it, Sabrina is Sabrina. Her character isn't supposed to be like this perfect, no, being. Yeah. Um, I always kind of one of my notes that I wrote when I was rewatching season one was, "Has this girl ever been disciplined?" <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she just kind of always wants things her way, mm-hmm. and that's what the it's watching this like being open up, and then her just kind of still going through with her plan, like, "Okay, got it." Was like, "Oh, you'd kill a puppy if you thought you had to, wouldn't you?" She probably would. I mean, she also has this like mm-hmm. um, altruistic nature of her. Where she is very, like, sacrificial, but because she's done so much for, you know, the sake of the world, to save the world, she kind of is a little, like, spoiled. Like, when she was, like, passed over at the school, (laughs) I forget, like, Prudence was chosen to be, like, the representative of the maiden, I guess. Like, they were assigning, like, kind of like a Uh beginning of school, like, award ceremony. I don't know what it was. Um, But they were giving... The, the maiden, mother, and crone, yeah. like the rep- people who are representing yeah. um, those three the best. And and she was like standing there totally expecting to get bestowed mm-hmm. the award of the maiden. And then Prudence got it. And she's all bummed. And she's like, boohoo, my friends are all coupled up and I can't stand being single or alone. And so like, let me go down to hell and, you know, hang out with my soul twin. Yeah. So... I do like that she's not this perfect thing. She's not this, right? you know, because I feel like the 90s, early 2000s, Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV series, she's like, always oh, got straight A's. And she had this perfect dream. Like little goody two shoes. Yeah, it was. That's And that's what I love about this series is just like this baroque, gaudy, horror darkness. Yeah. It just the whole landscape of this world i've just totally fallen in love with the people who do like Mm -hmm. the costume and set design i wish that they could get oscars but they definitely at least like deserve emmys i guess right that they would that would be like an emmy does oh yeah yeah their sets are amazing my only critique of their like any part of the design 
is every like not just of these terrors but um even going back to the three what were they they're like not the wise men but the um oh the kings of hell yeah Mm -hmm. every single one of these beings that's supposed to be like creepy Mm -hmm. has the same voice and it's not creepy it's that like gravelly like sabrina that every time (laughs) i hear it i'm like no, we know what we know what a creepy voice sounds like. We yeah. make plenty of horror movies. We know what you can do to make these things. They're more sound. like a minion voice. You yeah. know? And it's just I just imagine like waking up in the middle of the night and seeing one of those things and initially being like the fuck. <laughs> but then hearing that voice being like, "What? Do you need some water? Some tea?" <laughs> let me Oh, honey, let me get you some uh, hot water with honey and lemon. <laughs> that's what it made me feel like (laughs) that's my only critique and that's actually i mean that's not really the design that's whoever i don't i think that's i guess that comes to the actors and casting for sure because if it's like repeated and the director not being like you know what let's Mm -hmm. make you sound creepy yeah because they otherwise would would look creepy like um, well i imagine if they were too creepy and all too like unique they w- might steal the show because they are supposed to be just like a back backdrop characters, really. So, like, I get that. Yeah, but you're also supposed to be like, like when Sabrina's fighting them, you want to like feel like, oh my god, like these might get her, mm-hmm. and feel worried. But the entire time, I never. It was kind of. I mean, other than her being main character, it was kind of like, well, <laughs> I think she's got it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next is um, episode three of part four is The Weird. And let me just say, this one was <laughs> weird. Which one was that? That was when she had the thing inside of her, right? Yeah, like the octopus. Which that was kind of cool. I liked that it was an octopus mm-hmm. because that is more of the, the Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the tentacle tongue. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Maybe not a French kiss. No, thank you. But a chef's kiss she'll get for that. Or, yeah. or whoever did that. Like, I'm not sure if it was CGI or actual, like, makeup. But it was very impressive. Um, I, w- I want to say it was makeup. And can I just say, it was wrong. very nice to get that respite from Sabrina being, like, constantly this really pretty girl. Like, all right. Like, cool. An ugly part of her. <laughs> she doesn't have to be, like, looking perfect all the time. um yeah that one was really really interesting just kind of like this um the whole like aquatic theme and that one was probably maybe one of my favorite episodes actually of this oh season i'm not sure why um probably because it did seem terrifying like when the weird started talking speaking of like creepy like voices that was a creepy that was a good one that was a good one like i would be fucking scared if i would hear that coming from somebody's body and also the (laughs) fact that you think that she gets rid of it it's still in her and like she has to fight her psyche she didn't have to fight for very long let me tell you it was a little yeah, we that see that was... kind of time and time again, like when they're trying to defeat these other than like the void, everything kind of mm-hmm. once they set their mind to it, they can accomplish anything kind of thing. <laughs> they don't struggle for too long. Pretty much. 
Probably because they're like, we got to keep this moving. Which it would have been nice if there had been like at least one thing over the course of all four seasons, something that they all struggled with that they couldn't overcome. Mm -hmm. Because that just would have been fascinating when you're dealing with things like heaven and hell. Yeah. You kind of want to know that there is something that you wouldn't have a hold on. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Episode four, the imp of the perverse. And I got to just do a shout out to uh, Rolf from The Office being the like uh, trinkets man. (laughs) (laughs) I liked the trinkets man. Yeah, it was really interesting because it wasn't that he was the perverse. He just Mm -hmm. had the imp of the perverse. Yeah. And neither was he absolutely evil because he did help them out in the end. He did offer the solution of, um, what was it, Cronus's stone? Yeah. Right? Which I think when you're dealing with a world that is so, like, good versus evil, black versus white, kind of like, um, it's nice to have this representation that's that's actually very human of, Mm -hmm. I'm not good or bad, but I have choices. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, this is like the one that the world kind of goes topsy-turvy. Father Blackwood mm-hmm. gets a hold of the Imp of the Perverse, which is like this gold statue thing of this little monster uh, holding right the orb. Prudence is going for him, Ugh, finally. I know. She's like, I'm going to kill my father, although he's kind of unkillable because he has the mark of Cain. Mm-hmm. And right before... She can actually get to him to stop him from making his, like, wish. He makes his wish. Very, a very Hitler-like world. <laughs> yeah. Um, Like, truly. And But, like, in high school. But in high school. Yeah, like, why does everything surround weird. this high school? Why is everything about Baxter High? <laughs> he because couldn't, Greendale. like, even in his, like, dreams, he couldn't be, like, of the world. He's like, no, of Greendale. <laughs> Because the gates of hell are in Greendale, of all places. Upstate New York. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Greendale. Mm -hmm. No, wait, not upstate New York. I guess, no, it's Massachusetts, right? I don't know. I feel like it's Greendale, Massachusetts. I feel like that would, but this is the whole thing that going into like the whole Archieverse with Riverdale, that there's one river that. Um, is along the border of Riverdale and Greendale. There's these two towns that are right next to each other. But Riverdale, people argue that it's somewhere in upstate New York, whereas Greendale feels much more kind of um, Massachusetts. Maybe it's like right on the border, that river or something. Anywho, not that that's super important. Hmm. But um, yeah, this one was interesting with the Imp of the Perverse because once it takes effect... The only ones that are still lucid are Sabrina and Roz. And I forget it was because they both experienced <laughs> the Eldritch Terrors or they like both came. I forget. I can't what remember. It was. I think it was something like that. But then um, what's her face as well? Um, she wasn't insane anymore. Oh, yeah. Abigail. Abigail. Because everything goes upside down yeah. in this world that in the normal world, she is banana town but then in this Mm -hmm. perverse world she is absolutely sane and very very lucid yeah 
which was kind of nice to see, which again, spoiler, but she stays that way later on. Yes, we we get Abigail's sanity nice. back, which was which was very very nice. Um yeah. Yeah, it it was uh honestly, I'm kind of blanking on this um episode. I think I had like a question like the representation of the witch that they had, like that really ugly, you know, crone looking thing that was that looked inhuman. It was like this whole propaganda. Oh. It was very, yeah. very just n- Nazi-like, like the, the everything kind of to much. a T, even just the color palette of their uniforms. Yeah. I mean, black and red the is always style. very sinister combo, but um, yeah, it, it just, yes, it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, they wrapped it up in one episode. They really so. did. Each of these are wrapped up pretty much in one episode <laughs> other than the void kind of gets introduced a little earlier and then is wrapped kind up. Of, yeah. yeah. Um so okay, so episode 5 uh Duex Machina Sabrina encounters a surprise at school and faces a pivotal decision. The Theo explores the perks and pitfalls of Robin's time in the mortal world. That rang no bells for me. Me neither. I'm like, <laughs> mm, what happens here?" I feel like I should remember that one. Yeah. Sabrina encounters a surprise at school. Everyone that just watched this is like screaming at us. It's this. Worlds crashing into each other is an appropriate metaphor for the utter chaos. When the angel comes down and then like they say that the two Sabrinas have to merge or one has to die or whatever. It's basically. Which again, I have to say like should have just let them merge and hope for the best. That would have been honestly more interesting. (laughs) It really would have been because. I don't know. I know that, um, well, basically, okay, yes. So now I remember they have, like, this live diorama of the solar system, and it changes depending well, on- the realms. The realms, right. Um, yeah. Depending on what's going on, actually, like, with the realms, and then they see that Earth and Hell are clashing together, like, things, like, there's a bunch of earthquakes, um, statues from Hell are emerging up- uh, submerging, I should say, onto Earth and vice versa. Like people on Earth are just popping up in hell, which I thought was really yeah. funny when they were. That was cute. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, At the diner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Aunt Hilda's just like, oh, you're back now. Where'd you go? <laughs> um, yep. And then we have Lucifer Morningstar plays more of a role here. He was kind of a, a which back. He does, but I'm like. He went from like the Dark Lord to I'm just here to have some fun. Yeah, I'm just Sabrina. <laughs> I'm just the Queen of Hell's father. Yeah, I was like, he's a handsome man, but he, they could have kept him like slightly sinister. Yeah, that was a I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bad boy. Um, yeah, it was, uh, uh, honestly, this one I think was the one that I kind of played the episode and was able to still work on w- work <laughs> and not pay yeah. too much attention, but it, it was really interesting. It was more like an establishing episode. It was like a bridge to the next episode, um, or not a next episode, but a future episode where we see where Sabrina Morningstar ends up. Because she goes through the mirror to like this alternate 
parallel universe, right? And we don't know what happens to her. So Sabrina Spellman is left behind. <clears throat> Sabrina Morningstar is gets the boot and she to save like the again, it's like that um time paradox thing, the cataclysm of the realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, to save that, to stop that from happening, basically the Sabrinas either have to merge or they have to not be in the same universe. So I don't know what they do. They that's like, what they decide. They decide yeah. that they think because the angel there. angel wanted to like merge, and she's just like this is the best odds that we have. We've done the calculations. Apparently, angels are very nerds. logical. Yeah, very logical. And I actually kind of like mm-hmm. that because when you yeah. study. I don't know what it's called, like angel. I know there's demonology, whatever's the opposite, angelology. <laughs> really, uh, angels aren't human-like. They're very no. They are. They literally are the hands of God. They just execute the thing like God's will, and they're very kind of almost robotic. They're not very right, emotional. Which is why Lucifer was kind of like a woo because mm-hmm. he was free will. Yeah, <laughs> let's go for it. Yeah, like they're the soldiers of God, really. Right? Um, when you look at kind of the very traditional sense of an angel, um, or at least the Christian sense, because I know there are yes. some other religions with angels that have a little bit of a different background. Right, and then, but I mean, yeah, uh, with within Sabrina, obviously Christian, because it does surround a lot of the. Christianity, God versus devil, yeah. angel versus demon, very kind of Abrahamic themes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, very, very dry <laughs> and really, not, you know, not emotionally attached to anything. <laughs> Obviously, she like doesn't give a fuck if this works or not. She's just like, we've done the calculations. Oh, yeah. she's Metatron, actually. Yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. is Metatron, who is um, God's like scribe, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So she's pretty close to, you know, the head honcho in the angel realm heaven. Right. Um, And she really is just like executing his will. Like this has got to happen. And then very Sabrina like she goes, no, I don't like this. So I'm going to create my own destiny. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Has she ever been disciplined? Yeah. <laughs> But again, like, she's very enabled because everyone's like, yes, like, Sabrina will figure something out because she always does. Because she's 16. Because she's, she is, she (laughs) is 16 going on 17. That was weird. (laughs) That scene. I, like, looked away for a second and then I heard the singing and I looked back because I'm like, no fucking singing. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. But so that was, she sang it very well. She did. Yes. It was it was cute. It was cute. It was weird. It was cute. Yeah. Weird and cute. Yeah. At the same time. All right. Moving on. Next episode, episode six. Wait. Oh, we've totally overstepped the whole like Lilith storyline where she's pregnant. Oh, with the Dark my gosh. Lord's baby. Of course. And then Caliban is trying to like get rid of her baby. Yes. Because he's he's still not that great of a guy. Right. And so she he has is still the baby. a person molded in the image of demons. So. <laughs> He's a clay man. Yeah. And so she goes to the mortal world to have her baby, has her baby, and then knowing that the Dark Lord was coming, she killed her baby. Yes. Oof. Which I 
I just have to say. I didn't like that for her. I didn't like that they did that. I did not like that either. I thought that she just made a scene as if she killed the baby and that she had him yeah. stowed somewhere. And then when as time went on, I'm like, oh, shit, she really did kill that baby. First of all, I always appreciate the gore in this because it's very, I just love the kind of broke gaudiness of this whole series. However, I saw that and I'm like, I can see how this is very triggering to some people. Yeah. Because they were not shy. Like they didn't show like baby body parts, but they showed a fuck ton of blood and they also showed how she killed this baby. Yeah. I mean, like, not the act of it. They didn't show, like, her doing it, but they showed... They implied the, it. Yeah, the, the the tools that she used, and just, you can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, And she fucking served him on a platter. Like he did with Adam. Yes. And he didn't, he... Which, yikes. Lucifer moved on, and she was devastated. Uh, that was, I didn't, I hated that for her so much. Yes. Yeah. And then she started kind of going mad because she kept hearing him crying. Which goes into the next Eldritch Terror. <laughs> Which, da 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 Next, episode six, they'll return. And this is like all the zombie people. People that come back that were previously dead. People are really excited. Mm-hmm. And in the whole trope of the return, because we see this happen again and again in Supernatural shows, where they're back and it's good for like the first five minutes. And then they're like, it's very Pet cemetery where it's like, <laughs> we're not fully ourselves. And then things start going yeah. awry. And we see Lazarus. <gasps> yes, that was cool. I was wondering yeah. who that guy was. I don't know why I missed it in the beginning. And then Mambo Marie starts playing this game mm-hmm. with Lazarus. Uh, but it was cool. Yeah. I liked his like thing where he had the blindfolds and then the coins in his eyes. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool. Um, this is where Dorcas comes back. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really liked this episode because I liked seeing her come back. Yeah. In the end, she does um, get Abigail's sanity back. Yep. Um, and can I just say, Dr. C's mom... <laughs> that was a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Holy sh- Poor Hilda. <laughs> Poor Hilda. But then Zelda gets her dog back. Oh my gosh, Vinegar that Tom. Was so sweet. I cried. Another episode where I cried. <laughs> okay, so I may it might have cried or teared up in like almost all of these. Um, but that was particularly because, well, and this is where. This is the episode where she finds out her woman is a man. Yes. At the at the very end. Yes. Because he has to take everyone. Um, who back. was it that Mambo Marie really was? It was a a, a voodoo deity. Something voodoo related. So, yeah. It's with like an S and a B. I was gonna write it in my uh, notes because I knew I wanted to bring it up and I'm like, oh I'll remember it. Never, never assume. Oh, Baron Samedi. Yes. A Haitian spirit of but um, oh, Semedi means Saturday in English. It's Baron Saturday. Interesting. <laughs> this is where we end up with the spear of Longinus. Oh yes! Wow. I mean, pff, so many biblical mm-hmm. things in this. Which is the spear? If you don't know that, um, when Jesus, Jesus was on the crucifix, um, oh, on top of being crucified. He was also like punctured in his lung by this long spear 
by a Roman guard. <laughs> and so this was the spear that he was. Mm-hmm. Only the, it's the only thing that can kill someone who's immortal. Yes. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing where there's this like long game being played of, you know, are these returned people staying mm-hmm. or do they have to go? And yeah. then that's when Lilith intervenes because she's lost her mind yep. and decides that she wants to take care of Lucifer once and for all. Yes. Oh, gosh. And, and the blue the blood. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. Goodbye, Mr. Lucifer. Uh, I kind of love that story for her. Just like really quite the revenge story. Don't love that she had a killer baby along the way. Yeah. But, but I love that she was still kind of, she found her conniving self because she was rather fearful and submissive for the first half of this season. And then she's like, I'm going to fucking claim my power again. And she yeah. absolutely did. And perhaps what was holding her back was the baby maybe that's what they were playing at in the writing and and having to kill the baby off because she doesn't really like step up and claim that power until she's able to maybe kill that part that's like representing her humanity perhaps i'm not sure because she sure really went for it because first she killed (laughs) lazarus she sure really (laughs) went for it (laughs) she killed lazarus and then she went for lucifer Mm -hmm. so yeah. I mean. Yeah, so she like killed the devil. <laughs> like the devil. So Yeah. This one was quite the charge. episode. Yep. It really was. Though so, what does that was that in this one or was that the next one? I just know that th- she killed Lazarus. She wanted her baby back. Yes. But I think it was it was episode 8. That she finally kills Lucifer because it was like towards the end because we got a break mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's after true, that's this true. one where we go to find out what Sabrina Morningstar got up to. Yes, right, right. Which I actually I think this was my favorite episode because this one was a very good one. Yeah, it really got into like the unknown. Yes, of, like what was going on, and to me, like that, I I liked that a lot. This was very much a standout episode. This is the endless. Mm-hmm. And so we pick up from when they sent Sabrina Morningstar off to whatever parallel universe she would land in. Like, they didn't know. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, bon voyage. <laughs> and then that was it. Good luck over there. Mm-hmm. And she steps into this, like, <laughs> disturbing parallel universe. And this is amazing. Where they bring back the original actors that played on. Hilda and Zelda, not Aunt Zelda. Oh, yeah. In the 90s series, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And they are playing, and she's so. In this alternate universe, Sabrina Morningstar, like the universe is the show. It's like very meta. Yeah. It's like they're, they're filming the show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And then they have the threat of like, if you get three strikes, you get sent to this quote unquote green room where you're basically. Mm-hmm put through a meat grinder and fed to people. That was- but nobody knows that, and she doesn't no. find out until later. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I... And then they had Salem, like the horrible mm-hmm. animatronic-style Salem. <laughs> I really loved that. <laughs> that was absolutely great. And I loved the, um, the, the can laughing. 
yeah the canned laughter from like because sabrina the teenage witch was one of those types of shows very you know uh, very cheesy very (laughs) 90s early 2k comedy show the canned laughs or the live studio laughing it was so funny like the laughs happened she's like looking around like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she like right away like they tell her about the three strikes and she like immediately questions something Mm -hmm. while they're supposed to be filming and they're like let's strike one And that, like, how quickly she was getting strikes kind of felt like, well, wait, wait a second, Sabrina. We don't know what happened. Yeah. If I were her, Um, I was like, girl, slow it down. (laughs) And then when she finally did go into the green room, I think the timing of that was really good because Mm -hmm. it was unknown for so long. Mm -hmm. And then when you did find out, it was just, like, so grotesque. Yeah. That you're like, well, yeah, you don't want to end up there. Fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. Careful. Yep. And also and the grotesque just, part of you see these people that they're being fed literally only canned tuna, quote unquote, and milk. And that's the only yeah. food you see these people consume. I think there was chips, too, because Sabrina was trying to tell them, like, oh, don't eat the tuna. <laughs> oh, like, OK. There was like a bag of something. But like, like okay. still, that's all they had. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's not tuna. <laughs> it's humans it's, it's humans very sweeney todd i loved that it was so dark <laughs> it was so it was sweeney like, todd i i i really liked it because it was like ew mm-hmm. wow okay kind of like i forget what season it was where they um zelda is under the spell and she takes i think it was like a, a rat or a mouse or something and puts it through a meat grinder alive mm-hmm it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They showed that. Mm-hmm. That's um, one thing I love about this series. They are not scared to get ugly. Unless it's Sabrina, yeah. the character herself, but everything else, they are not scared to let things right. get ugly. Mm-hmm. Which is, I love it. It's so great. Yeah. Again, ugh, props to the literal prop team. <laughs> yeah. Just stellar. Well, they also, I think, just did a good job of um, you didn't know how she was going to get out of that. Yeah. Until the end. Like, you really didn't know. It was anxiety know. inducing. Mm hmm. That's horror. And I love it. Yeah. And, and very just like perfect with the endless. They're on this endless loop. They can never escape the set. Like, they literally just live in the set. And it's like the universe is contained to the studio. Yeah, and how hilarious that their understudies literally sleep under the characters' beds. Oh my (laughs) god, that was so creepy! But I Um, loved it. It was a perfect like blend of creepy and hilarious. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I liked that a lot. A lot of great plot twists just within this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have because we see Salem and they're very cheeky with you know like actually you're not the star Sabrina Salem is the star which was very much like how the 90s series was Salem had all of the laughs because everyone else was just like really really perfect I mean Aunt Hilda she was like the quirky you know spunky aunt so she got some laughs too but really people became like like a Salem had a cult following you yeah. know, like people just loved yep. the character of Salem and all the the humor that he had. Um, and in this, they 
They're very, like, straightforward, like, yeah, Salem's the star. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that he is the Endless. Right. And that Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda, with, you know, the ones that um, are are the original actors from the 90s Mm -hmm. series, that they're, like, servants to the Endless. Because you see them. To the Void. To the void. That's that's right. That's right. Because mm-hmm. you see them um, kind of uh, hindering Sabrina at every turn whenever she questions something or she's like, hey, guys, we have to like get together and try to right. get out of this. And they're like, uh-uh. Yeah. And then finally, when she kind of like starts to figure it out, she knows the void is coming. She doesn't know how. Mm-hmm. And then she, I think they were filming a scene and she like decides she wants to change the script. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be her third strike, but Salem's there and he, they, she's like talked with them about it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when he's like, nope, I agree. The script should be changed. And then you like instantly find out that those two are from the void. Yes. And that's what it took. Mm-hmm. They like, they were reliant on the endless continuing to be the endless yes. and not going with these changes. And how amazing that they gave even this Eldritch Terror its own little mini arc because a lot of these come through yeah. and they're like these mindless entities that just like are servants to the end game, which is the void. And it's like everything uh-huh. is inevitable. We're just doing our jobs. And then you have the endless, which is like this very self-absorbed, like what a Leo. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect that it was like a cat, um, but that it had its own like self-interest and that helped, yeah. you know, Sabrina using that to her advantage and exploiting that helped save her. Right. For at least the time being. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because then mm. they like, they barely make it out. Yeah. Because the void closes in. But then um, Sabrina makes it out, obviously, just in time to give a warning. Yes. The void is coming. void is coming. Which I have to, not to digress, there's a movie called The Void. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on Netflix. And it is a good watch. Is it? First half is kind of like, all right, mm-hmm. like, what's going on here? And the second half is like, what the fuck is going on Ooh. is it like the eldritch terror of the void is it similar or is it its own thing well it's i don't know that in the lovecraftian realm that it everything was like consider i know there were eldritch uh abominations mm-hmm. but i so i think it's based off of that kind of okay interesting Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you know, Lovecraft spin-off movies, shows, just like the things that he has influenced and inspired, I need to start watching Lovecraft Country. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I have HBO. It's really good. And I keep seeing it come up and it's like that thing where like, oh, I've gotta see that, but then I start watching something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really good. Man, so Sabrina gets out and you have like the sigh of relief because that was just an anxiety inducing, you know, like time loop kind of thing that she was stuck in that world. Yeah. 
but then we get to the final episode, episode eight, which is titled At the Mountains of Madness. And this is where the void like really comes in. That just made me think of In the Mouth of Madness. And that was such a good movie, too. (laughs) It's a sad beginning because Sabrina comes through the mirror. Mm -hmm. And she's badly wounded and she's in Sabrina Spellman's arms and she died. Like Sabrina dies in Sabrina's arms. Yeah. Another tearjerker moment for me. (laughs) Like I can't, (laughs) can't deal. And I always wonder too, I'm like, wait, she had Salem in her arms. What happened to him? I'm assuming he did too. Right? Like the endless just... Because it felt so uh, too little too late. But yes, she is like uh, heralding the void, which does help. Mm-hmm. But it's just sad because she's, again, like a very sacrificial kind of Sabrina thing. Um, she's very often very uh, like, a, I don't know, the sacrificial lamb over and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Sabrina Morningstar um, heralds the coming of the void. Dies in Sabrina Spellman's arms. There's this whole, you know, grieving thing from Caliban and Lucifer, who has, I guess, in the span of less than a year, become a a loving father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I think, a very interesting thing, because before he was just so, like, you're just oh, a man. tool for me. Yeah. And now he, he really changed. He really, ch- he really changed. Turned a new leaf. <laughs> Yeah, a lot happens in this finale episode. Mm-hmm. Like, a shit ton. Where I'm scared we're going to miss something. And if we do, I apologize. Um, well, this is also where you, you see Miss Wardwell talking to a congregation. <gasps> yes, very prophetic. And you mm-hmm. see her mention Lovecraft. Oh yeah, because like, like that's Father the first time it comes out of there. Father Blackwood's to- like alias was Father Lovecraft, actually, which I think was a really cool mm-hmm. nod. Yes, especially because in the Lovecraft stories there is a Blackwood. <gasps> Shut up, really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. So kind of a nice little mm-hmm. flip flop there. Yeah. That's cool. But you don't really know where she's going with this as she's like giving this gospel. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, continues throughout this, the episode, which I kind of liked. Right. Yeah. Also, another, like, not a full circle. I don't know what to call it. The whole Sabrina and Nick, like. Oh, will they, together, won't they? not together. Mm-hmm. Like, he loves her. He told her to fuck off. Mm-hmm. He's with Prudence. Like, again, that was in less than a year because she started off with Harvey. Yep. Started off with Harvey. They broke up. She got with um, his real name is Gavin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gavin Leatherwood in the role of Nick um, gets together with Nick. Nick does his whole sacrificial lamb thing with like being stuck in hell. Yeah. Sabrina frees him. He's traumatized. Emotional baggage. He cheats sexually cheats on her with like sex demons and stuff. Um, uh huh. Love is kinks. Hate that it wasn't with, like, with Sabrina. I guess just too much resentment on that front. So they're not together. And then he gets with Prudence because, like, well, you know, she's just for fun. 
And then he inexplicably, we don't see him leave Prudence. He's just like, Sabrina, I want to be with you again. Right. Which we also didn't really see Prudence and Ambrose. Oh, I wanted to see them get back together. Yeah, that was a weird, like, I was like, what happened? There was, I loved them together. Yeah. I also, I miss the Ambrose, you know, his first boyfriend. I kind of thought like, oh, that's oh, right. We'll see Ambrose with another guy. Oh my gosh, or, that feels know. like it was centuries Who ago. Knows? First season, Ambrose is my favorite because he walks around everywhere with a robe and a cup of tea. Yep. Like every scene. Yep. Yeah. Pretty great. And I, I love him. He's, I want him to perform Shakespeare, all of Shakespeare. Right? Oh, and all of the voice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Honest, he would be amazing. Honestly, it's just, oof. Yeah. It's talking about dream boats. There's a lot of really hot guys in this series. Um, <laughs> many beautiful humans throughout. Um, yes. Okay. So Nick is trying to get back with Sabrina. Sabrina mm-hmm. does this whole thing where, oh, she uh, runs across the trinket man again. He comes yeah. in one more time, gives her that the mm-hmm. the Pandora's box. Right. Obviously, it's empty because Pandora opened it a long time ago. Um, and then she's like, I'm going to go into the void and opening the box. Then the void's going to be stuck in the box and then we can get rid of it. And it only partially partially works out. Right. Because then we have. As we mentioned way earlier in, in, in this recording is her 17th birthday and it's Halloween and things are just randomly disappearing. Well, it doesn't really work because they're trying to pull her out. She's like almost That's right. contained the void entirely. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, we can't let her do that. So then they pull her out of Sabrina Spellman's body to put her into Sabrina Morningstar's body. Right. Yes. Yes, that, which I that's thought was like such a what the fuck thing. Yeah, like she's gonna do all this work for you to just now it's all in vain. Yeah, it was all in vain. And then what they didn't realize was that because they did it like that, she had the void inside of her. Right. Yes. So Spoiler. then that's when she wakes up on her seventeenth birthday. Things start disappearing around her very. randomly and she's thinking like the void is still a thing around her but actually Mm -hmm. it is her and you have lucifer and caliban who are absolutely abhorred that they took sabrina morningstar's body and put sabrina spellman's soul into it yeah which i'm sorry they're the same person they're the same person like calm the fuck down i guess like not soul wise you know they've had very different experiences so they're Unique souls, but, but even they're still, still the same person. <laughs> their experiences apart weren't like long experiences apart. Mm-mm. If I remember correctly, Sabrina Spellman is the one that was stuck in the rock for so long. Yes. Right? Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe that was... Hmm. I'm trying to remember. The one who went back and like saw that all the friends were dead and whatnot was the one, I think that decided to stay in the mortal realm. Again, that just shows like the headache that part three was. Dude. Yes. So confusing. All I, all I know, Sabrina Morningstar was like younger Mm -hmm. than Sabrina Spellman. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Spellman that was stuck for a very long time in the rock in hell. Yeah, it was something, something. I just. Honestly, I have. They're the same of, person. They should have been fine with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people start coming at her. Even the spectral miners come out again. No, wait, right? No, I don't remember. No, not the spectral miners. They just grabbed some miners because I remember Harvey's dad being there. He was a demonic soldier of some sort. Right. Um, and Sabrina can't control the void within her, and these people, like, she fucking voids Caliban it and Harvey's dad. It was the demon dad. Legion. He unleashed Legion, and that's who uh, possessed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Harvey's dad was possessed. And Blackwood got his body back, because, oh, back in the, the Imp of the Perverse, when things get switched back, it goes back to Prudence going after Blackwood's head and being successful. Oh, yeah. So since that off. episode, it's been um, Father Blackwood's head just on a literal platter. And then they <laughs> like dungeon. St- stupidly bring his decaying body in there with him. And then he yeah. manages to get reattached. Yes. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, let's eliminate factors, you know. Just put it on literally the other end of the world. This Why? is what happens when teenagers are in charge. Honestly, these are <laughs> children. And the adults are going with the children's plans. Yeah. Pretty much this entire series. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is why when I got to high school, I was deceived. I'm like, I don't feel like an adult. Mm-mm. What is this? <laughs> I thought I was going to be like this woman as soon as I got to high school <laughs> and know what to do. And I don't know jack shit. No. Hell, I didn't know jack shit after I got out of college. So anywho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. So, okay. So she's voiding people, right? They're coming at her. She's void. She like voids the whole thing. Right. And then Lucifer comes for her because he's mm-hmm. like, fuck you, bitch. You killed my daughter, even though Which, you're my daughter, Even too. though she um, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so. then she, like, makes these demons disappear, mm-hmm. or the possessed people, and then he's like, oh, shit, she's got god powers again, which they never really explained before, like, when she got those in the past, and they kind of went away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was, I think, when my favorite seasons was when she yeah. was manifesting those different- And that was season two. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. amazing. Season two was, I think, my fave season. Yeah. But then all those powers were just like, meh, we're gone. Yeah. I guess they just only served to, because she was supposed to be a herald herself, like a herald for, yeah, what, just hell, I guess. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, she's the son, she's the daughter of Lucifer, kind of like Jesus. Of Lucifer. Was supposed to be the son yeah. Of God. Um, yes, she's very, very often parallels Jesus's journey, but in a hellish way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, he, his Zeus was probably not a brat, but you never know. We didn't hear those years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's when, so, so Lucifer shows up and then he sees her getting rid of people and he gets scared. So he goes back to hell. So it's oh, like yeah, a yeah, coward yeah, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. when Lilith stabs him. Yep, that's right. 
Yeah. She's like, I got this fancy spear. And then drinks his blood. Oh, my God. Oof. But then she banishes him. She he didn't just die. She banished him from hell. And then which I don't get because I thought that with that spear, she'd be able to just kill him. Like I thought he was dying. What she may have done is just wounded him in a way that he lost all of his powers. Uh, um, but she banished him because she in drinking his blood, she like got his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Very vampire esque crossing boundaries here. (laughs) (laughs) Introducing all kinds of monsters. Yeah, so then then we've got Sabrina and them trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with her, and then forget how they somehow, she knows to go look for Blackwood, Mm -hmm. because I think they kind of figure out that it's the void. Well, she's like, I need to alienate myself from everybody, because I don't want to void anybody more. Yeah. She's already feeling oh, like super yeah. guilty. I think so she's like protecting her loved ones. She so she's retreating the into the Yeah, she retreats to the mountains of madness and then comes across Father Blackwood. I think he sought her out. He like went looking for her because he realized mm-hmm. that she was the void and he wanted yeah. to worship her. Right, right, right. Because that that's all he wanted. Father Blackwood would get so like uh cuckoo for cocoa puffs by the end of this series he really does and i was kind of disappointed that that's he became just like this fanatic yeah rather than being the calculating man that he was in the beginning of the series right he just kind of honestly like a man who lost his sense of self as soon as he lost his power Mm-hmm. Toxic masculinity. Um, we're looking at you. And yeah, he just becomes this just terrible, like, fanatic about, like, just, you know, I even forget how he got himself just wrapped up in the Eldritch Terrors if he just studied them. And yeah, he's like, this is what three. I'm going to. Yeah. And he's like, that's just what I'm going to unleash on the world if I can't be powerful. Because you can't unleash that and expect that you get the power. Right now, it's the, you have to know that it was supposed to end everything. It's the end of times. Yeah, it's like his ultimate revenge for what not being the able to be of principal of a school. <laughs> like. Well, he was essentially like Pope. Oh, I know. Yeah, or like some sort of, I guess, archbishop or whatever the fuck. Yeah, he tried. He to was be a. Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, he, it, the pope? It, he had it the pope killed. It it only seemed like the powers of the pope extended to the boundaries of the Greendale city limits. <laughs> yeah, everything was in Greendale. Oh my gosh! All right, so Father Blackwood has got Sabrina, and then they've done like a what was it? A vow of silence or something? Kind of. For days on end or? Well, we don't really know how long. Um, But yeah, it was essentially like he was trying to teach her how to be one with the void. Mm -hmm. And she also just, I think, well, she, she had a plan. Yeah. Um, But But her plan was to, yeah, list, like listen to Father Blackwood and 
like learn from him like to figure mm-hmm. out a plan on how she was gonna get rid get of rid the of void this. yeah which i have to say was very anticlimactic the way they got rid of it it didn't make sense to me yeah and then especially like the part where she's bleeding elmer's glue yeah that was weird i kind of <laughs> thought that's that's the void which i do have to say when she was in the void when it like when you knew that we were going to see the void, I got so excited because I'm like, what is this going to look like? Right. And then when it was like this bright white room with like with stuff some in paintings? it, I was like, the fuck? Yeah. No, I don't like this. Yeah. I, I thought like it was going to be so much more terrifying. It just looked like the waiting room in, in the happy place. Yeah. But with white walls rather than just, you know corporate beige wallpaper right Um, it it was very again anticlimactic this this void so then like the whole when they like finally catch up to her and they're like we're here to help you sabrina the whole plan i thought was kind of funny Mm -hmm. because they're like we're gonna send one of them into the void to get pandora's box to close it all but we we need what some they needed like a a mask or something, <laughs> so they use a mask to like breathe oh. for whatever reason. So that oh yeah, the whole thing where they equip Nick with <laughs> the face hus- hugger mask. Basically. Oh my god, they take the weird like we're gonna engineer this into a breathing apparatus because apparently the, the void is technically in space. Which I'm like, wouldn't that just, why is it Sabrina in space? Sabrina went there. Sabrina yeah, and she was, was just fine. And I guess it was technically her soul and not her corporal being. I don't know. Whatever. But her body was it there was just they dumb. pulled, her, that's they pulled true. her soul out of it. That's, yeah, that's true too. I don't know, man. That was just fucking weird. It just got, that, that part got really hokey. Yeah, it got very much so. And then the whole like. Her, I don't know, the Elmer's glue. Yeah, her blood was Elmer's glue. And then, okay, another tearjerker moment when Aunt Hilda is the only one realizing that Sabrina's definitely going to yeah. die. And I she's just comforting dying felt emotion, Sabrina. I felt emotion for Hilda Yeah, in that moment. I really didn't feel bad for Sabrina, but I felt bad for Hilda for realizing yeah. that and seeing. And, um, and just like the act that she was like trying to comfort. Yeah. Sabrina as she was dying. I just oh couldn't handle it. She gives me death doula vibes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, she's just so nurturing. She's just the embodiment yeah. of nurturing. And then when Sabrina's officially donezo, just code blue, her Elmer's glue is finally just plain old red blood. Yeah. And then they realize Sabrina knew she was gonna die this whole time. The final sacrifice. And that's it, folks. Sabrina is in heaven. Well, Blackwood. Huh? We didn't talk about what happened. Oh, we did it. Sorry. They tricked him with a fake Pandora's box. That's right. They like made this big story up and he got all excited and he took it and opened it and it blinded him. And then afterwards, you see him back, um, I believe, at the Academy. And Prudence comes in and she's talking to him about, you know, maybe I can't kill you, but it's going to be a lot harder for you to put yourself back together if you're scattered over the entire 
planet. And then you see her start up a chainsaw. Right. What they should have done from the beginning. Ugh. Yeah. That was wonderful. But it was so happy for Prudence to finally get the revenge she's been just waiting for. Yeah. She deserved it. Oh, yeah. That poor girl. Um, yes. And then I want to talk about... I'm sure we'll circle back to more details. But I want to talk about fucking... One of my disappointments as a feminist was that Nick had to show up at the end. Like, oh, poor sad me. I realized I loved you again. And when you died, I just, well, I can't be without you. So I killed myself too. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I had to do this thing. And I just, you know, decided to die. And it just made me feel like, like oh now Sabrina's sacrifice was worth it because she gets to have a bow in the afterlife yeah which I also have to say that was a really boring afterlife that looked so boring (laughs) she was like eternally stuck even I a designer I love art if I were stuck in this ethereal museum because that's really all it was like a bench and these floating like paintings yeah I would try to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) I would try to kill my already dead self. Because that's not even like, there's nothing that would make you go, oh, that's what Sabrina would have wanted. Yeah. Her afterlife. No. It was just like this. Honestly, it felt like such a post-production thing that was put together. Yeah. And they're like, well, I honestly, I'm sure they did that to make people feel like, oh, well, she's happy with Nick and blah, blah. They could be together after dating for like at most six months, maybe. <laughs> Eye roll. Um, Children. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Eternally 17. Um, and they and she just couldn't have been like sacrificed and just let, be left at that. Like, it yeah. had to be that she gets her Prince Charming. I don't know. I, it did not sit, sit well with me. And it was very, for the extravagance of the sets that the show had, it was especially yeah. disappointing for the set design and what they could dream up of her, what her afterlife looks like. I mean, if you're really, like, in a pinch and you're like, shit, we need to make something really beautiful, I don't know, find a pretty park. Yeah. That's pretty. Add not like effects. you remember the spongebob episode where that with the time machine and then squidward is stuck with like the eternal nothingness and it's just white and he's like running and you see him run off the frame and then he comes back no okay well spongebob peeps know what i'm talking about and that was so anxiety inducing to me as a kid to watch i hated that episode it gave me just like existential I'm like i'm too young for this <laughs> Yeah. I'm too young for this. This is fucking SpongeBob. <laughs> this is too much for me. And that's her like afterlife. Dude, well and she's stuck and in Squidward's hell. <laughs> heaven and the void looked similar. Yeah. And I was questioning, I'm like, wait, is this heaven or is she actually her afterlife is the void? I was so confused. Yeah. Because it but looks exactly like the void. Nick shows up, so then you're like, okay, yes, it's happening. Right. But like, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make much no sense. No wonder these angels are so boring. Every Everything around <laughs> them, their world is so boring. They had nothing to work with. Right. 
Oh, well, wow. Okay. She's, you, oh, they couldn't even show, like, her mom, which I know her mom was in limbo, oh, but, like, that would yeah. have been a nice thing to be, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, don't speaking know. of her mom, when the, one of the return, wow, we went over that was her dad. Yeah. And her dad was not a nice man. I know that he had the no. whole, like, the returned effect where they're, like, not all there. Mm-hmm. But, man, he was an ass. He was an ass. On one hand, I kind of understood, though, because I'm like, you wanted a kid really badly. You, like, asked the Dark Lord if you could marry this mortal, and then you had trouble having a kid. So then she was like, well, I'll just have sex with Satan to make a baby, leaving you just kind of, like, out of the equation. Yeesh. I mean, I'd be mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he only got to know the kid, like, what, a few months? Yeah, it was super short but still it just i felt for sabrina so much in that episode to like be rejected by two fathers because yeah lucifer was very attached to sabrina morningstar and then even like her father spellman rejects yeah. her again um wow well man and that's we've reached the end any more conclusion thoughts on your end that you wanted to chat Let about me see what i had written down <laughs> um apparently i made note that faustus blackwood mispronounced sawin in the first uh <gasps> did he really how did he pronounce it sam hain sam- oh my god yep the soundtrack of the first season i loved <laughs> it really i really mm-hmm. i liked it a lot there was also something I noticed that they stopped doing, and I don't know exactly when they stopped doing it, was this kind of cool effect where it was like the focus was in focus and everything around oh, was blurred. whatever was going on was blurred. And I loved that. It just gave it a different feel. Yes, I know exactly. And they kind of let, yeah, they let go of that at some point. That thought, must have been just like a, like um, whoever was in charge of photography was like, there was like maybe a staff change there. Yeah. Different they style. They should have kept it. They should have kept it. Um, Downton Abbey was exactly like that. They started the first couple seasons doing exactly that. And uh-huh. then s- s- somewhere like just completely dropped that effect. I, I always like seeing that. It just kind of makes it feel a little more ethereal. Yeah. I liked that a, lo- a lot about it. Um, some other things. I remember when the first season came out reading an article about someone that they had on set i don't remember what their role was but they like told someone oh hey i'm wiccan and so they basically used her as a source Mm -hmm. of information on how do we do this how do we do that and i remember making a note of it before i ever watched the series because wicca is very it's one thing it's not Mm -hmm. All of witchcraft, so I was kind of like... And they did such a hodgepodge of stuff in this series, too. They really did, and then, like, I was complaining about season three with, like, the pagans, but, like, Mm -hmm. Hecate's... Like, uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was... I got all confused. It made me feel like I can... Yeah. Kind of brought me back to that that article I read in season one about... And I, I... Not... Not to shit on anyone who is Wiccan, but a Wicca does a lot of appropriation of other beliefs. It's a yes. very, they pull from everything and they tend not to credit. And um, 
that was another big thing when the show first came out was the statue in the school. Oh, yeah. That was a big they thing. They stole that from the mm-hmm. Satanic Temple. Yep. Um, and I think that's why we later see the statue of Baphomet of change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't see it again. <laughs> yep. It disappears after the first season. <laughs> Um, I don't think anything takes its place, right? It's well, just... then you, uh, Faustus. Oh, Faustus puts, yeah, he puts his um, his mm-hmm. sculpture there, and then and then Prudence destroys it, mm-hmm. and then Hecate's and then, yeah. the three faces of Hecate, yeah, yeah. Which I I have to say, one of the most like emotional scenes that got to me out of the entire series was season three. But was when Zelda was calling to Hecate, mm, and she mm-hmm. gives this really powerful like yeah. plea. It was, it was something. I got chills in that. Mm-hmm, I know exactly yeah. which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was really. I absolutely that loved really cool. that. Oh. Do I have anything else to say? I don't think I do. Oh, <laughs> I made one note. It's so stupid. What? So throughout this entire series. A man is who's supposed to look creepy, they always give him fake nails, right? Like long, creepy, gross mm-hmm. nails. Yeah. This isn't just like chilling adventures of Sabrina thing. Any movie or TV show where they do this to a man, they must just sit him down in a chair and be like, all right, you got nails. And then you see them fumbling around on set, like holding things very like <laughs> they don't know what to do with their nails. Yeah. so it's just something i chuckle at every time i see it like even watching harry potter and you see like voldemort like with his yes wand i'm like that's because you don't know how to hold it with nails you're making it look like and dumbledore too i don't know what to do with these acrylics (laughs) i saw it in the first season i saw it in the second season the whole way through every character that (laughs) Was someone who clearly never wears nails. They had nails. And and then they have to was- often like make it into this character quirk, the way that they hold things. But really, yeah. it's just men being like, what the fuck do I do with my claws? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you women do? <laughs> Especially now, I- too, that like the um, nails that are really popular are like the pointed nails. Yeah. You know, yep. it's no longer like the, the squares that were once really popular it's like very pointed claw like mm-hmm. nails i always like the coffin shaped nails so oh yeah those are cool i would never i i'm i'm very like i i like the square rounded red, rounded corners kind of square very just like mm-hmm. chill um but i always love seeing it on other people and man how trendy a father a father blackwood just following trends oh yeah man well that <laughs> Oof, that is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We've touched on the whole series, but that is our review of also particularly part four, the latest and final season. As of yet, I hear rumors that like maybe HBO may pick it up. I'm not holding my breath, though. I'm not either. I If, if they do, I'll probably check it out because it would be interesting to see how they... Mm-hmm. Like the continuation the show, mm-hmm. and if they would keep the same Riverdale type feel, or if they would kind of revert back to something. I don't want to say it got less dark because there was still some darkness to it, but 
I don't know. It would be interesting. Yeah. To see. Yeah. For sure. It's still an awesome, like, I, I still, like, thoroughly enjoy this show. Um, I know we gave it a ton of critiques, but, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's to be expected in a review. You're not going to be perfect. But it's and for honestly. for me, I'm a Virgo. Every, I'm going to have a critique for every. It, rarely am I going to be like, this was the best movie. I don't have anything bad to say. Every movie is going to have something bad in my eyes. <laughs> um, I'm, like, getting nostalgic uh, as nostalgic as you can get for a series that's only been running for two years, but I'm like, man, like I need, I want to start watching like the first, you know, seasons because it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I, I I've only watched the first seasons again because I feel like having watched freshly season four and then starting over, mm-hmm. you really do see a difference. Yeah, it's I think wild. I'm gonna do that um, just to see how like the evolution of the style and the feeling of the show changed um because i just remember watching that first season and that one was a longer season that was like 11 episodes it was good and it was so good i remember also the hype of when they did that like christmas special yeah yeah i just and all of it i just loved all of it all of it all of it um i really just not to say that it's perfect but i thoroughly enjoy this series um it has its flaws but i think this is one that i'm gonna like come back to again and again you know like when you feel like kind of rewatching mm-hmm. something um and again just i want to see more shows like this just very fantastical i again like that gaudy use... baroque gore horror i just i fucking loved it so much i want them to make an adam's family show which i have <gasps> heard rumors yeah. that they might but mm-hmm. with this kind of styling, like keeping yes. it dark, again, not the same feel, like not a teenage show, obviously, but just yeah. dark. I want it to be dark like this, same, similar kind of setting. Um, yeah. Adam's Family, make it happen, Netflix or somebody. Shout out. Let's write a petition. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, everyone, for if you made it to the end. Wow. Welcome. Hi, mom. Um, (laughs) We are also along uh, with this episode today. You also um, have the listener stories episode. So we hope you listen to that as well. Um, And yeah, next week we'll be back back at you with some true crime and paranormal. We have another really exciting witchy episode later this month. Um, so tune in for that. But yeah, thank you for listening, y'all. Um, I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And you've been listening to The New Witches. If you'd like to follow us on the social medias, we're at The New Witches everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And um, you can check us out on those different platforms. TikTok still pending. <laughs> you, can go ahead, you can go ahead and follow us. We just haven't released content yet but if you go ahead and follow us you will get your hands on that content right let us know what you want to see do you want to see entertaining funny relatable educational um, which i gotta say being on tiktok as much as i am um we can do educational but i don't want to get too into it because Mm -hmm. it's ruthless on there yeah, honestly, if we do educational, I can only really see us doing like 
things to help people get into like witchcraft and just like very general nothing nothing too specific you know yeah yeah because yeah I got to say, let's it, keep it light. Let's keep it fun. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anybody. I feel like yep. that's very rampant on witch talk. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, I mean, other ways to support the show other than following us and engaging with us on social media is um, if you'd like to support us, the best way is becoming a Patreon member. Uh, you do get a exclusive bonus episode a month as well as an extended cut of creepy stories with laura you get to listen to a few extra stories as well as private readings with miss laura here um and other really exciting uh blog content and you're added to our close friends list on social media so you get to see exclusive story content uh you can find us on patreon.com slash the new witches and we have all these different tiers and stuff but like all of them include some sort of private reading with laura so that's pretty cool and all of them include access to those bonus and extended cut episodes um and we do have our listeners episode that just came out today so give that a listen if you'd like to submit a story for next month we release listener episodes every 13th of the month i always tell people to try to send in your stories by like the 6th or the 7th of the month um and you can do so on our website thenewwitches.com go to our contact page and we have a submission form there um another great way is if you want if you do like a lot of typing if you just prefer email you can email it in directly at thenewwitches at gmail.com. That's our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Stay witchy. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.